I know that as uh, we've come this morning, I'm entering into a new uh, message, new series, if you will, and you can turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 7. Pastor David mentioned this just a moment. Uh, I'm starting to this thought, this theme, title of it is Uncertain, Uncertain. And uh, I'm reading from a passage in Luke 7. Most of you are familiar with John the Baptist and... uh, there's, there's a parallel passage in Matthew 11, if you want to read that sometime, that fits with this one. But this is Luke chapter 7. I'm going to read verses 18 about through 23. And, and this is a familiar passage, but I just believe even as we are taking these steps this morning, I, I told, told David, and here's, here's what I know. Uh, I, I'm crazy. I'm crazy believer. I, I I'm crazy enough to believe God for anything. I told him this a few weeks ago before we actually confirmed everything. I told him, I said, look, I said, I believe, you believe, we believe God's fitting this thing together, put it together. But you need to know something. I am willing to take some steps that may seem crazy. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And I told him, I said, I may blow the whole thing up, but we'll blow it up trying. Amen. We'll blow it up trying to see what God has for us and figure out everything that he's got in mind for this house. So, uh, again, when it comes to the title this morning, Uncertain, uh, there's plenty out there that could be labeled with that. But I want to read this passage that, again, is familiar with you. And, uh, again, verse 18, it says this. It says, Then the disciples of John, John the Baptist, they reported to him concerning all these things. And, and John, calling, the two, calling two of his disciples to him, he sent them to Jesus saying, Are you the coming one or do we need to look for another? And when the men had come to him, when they'd come to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, Are you the one, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And that very hour, Jesus cured many of the infirmities, the afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. And Jesus answered and said to them, to the disciples, he said this, he said, go and tell John the things that you have seen and you have heard, because the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And Jesus said, and blessed is he who's not offended because of me. And I'm going to stop there. But again, I I want you to just kind of catch the context. Again, Jesus, right in the middle of his earthly ministry, things are happening of the supernatural realm. And and here is John, John the Baptist. You remember John the Baptist is the, he's the foregoer. He is the bridge builder. He's the one that's preparing the way for Jesus. And as he's preparing a way, here's the things that, that John would say about Jesus. He'd say things like this in John 1. He said, he said, behold the Lamb of God. When he saw Jesus, behold the Lamb of God. He's the one who takes away the sin of the world. He's the one. He'd say things even personally, more of a personal effect like this. And, and that he recognized the greatness of Jesus in John 3, about verse 30. He said this. He said, and he must increase and I decrease. So again, he recognizes who Jesus is. He recognizes him, 
recognizes him as the Messiah, as the one that, that the entire nation, the entire, really the whole world had waited on. He recognized Jesus, the Lamb of God. Even Jesus, when it come to recognizing John, if you read Matthew 11, that story, he, he adds this about John. He said, and I'll say to you, there's not one that's been born of woman that is greater than John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said about John. The same John that we read about in Luke 7. He said, there's none greater. But then he goes on to say, but yeah, this is something you need to hear. But greater is the least of those in the kingdom. They're greater, that much greater than John. So, so I want you to see with me this morning, again, that John was at a place that he was on the mountaintop. He was, on the, he was at the place that everything was clear, everything was sure, everything was certain. But now, now he's landed in a place, look, he's in prison, execution is just around the corner. Uh, they're getting ready, they're going to behead him in maybe just a few days. And now John is staring down the barrel of uncertainty. I mean, here's this guy that at one time, man, he was... He was carrying the flag. He was holding the banner. This is the one. And now he is at a place that he's not so sure of what he's been talking about. I, I don't know if you've ever been at that place. I think you probably have that even though you thought you knew, there, you arrive at that place. He's in a place that so many of us, John's in a place that so many of us that we experience, and we experience sometimes more often than others. But like John, like John the Baptist, how many of you know that we land in these places? Here they are. That, that we land in these places. How many of you know about what it's like to land in the place of questions? You ever been there where you had questions? Maybe your circumstances or your situations were not what you thought they would be or should be, but you just landed in a place that all of a sudden you thought you knew everything, but now you have tons of questions that are hitting you. How many of you have ever been at a place of fear? I mean, I don't know. I don't guess John knows, but don't you know at night he's daydreaming about the way they're getting ready to execute him? Now, I don't know about you, but the guillotine or really, uh, he actually probably had his head taken off his body. It's kind of gruesome, but think about it for a minute. Come on, y'all wake up a little bit. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's not good. He, he has plenty to be afraid of, right? He's got plenty that's going on that maybe he's overwhelmed by his circumstances maybe his all own well-being is in question you ever been there where maybe fear slips in because you question your well-being I mean God help us I mean isn't that what this whole year and a half past us is really all about you know that we have questioned whether or not you know maybe I don't know about my well-being I got to make sure I keep my well-being in mind we, we've been hit, hit with fear time after time right or maybe it's just the place that you come to that it's a place that I call the place of obscurity. And I don't mean to throw words out there that are not just regular words, but the place that is obscure in life, the place that you maybe are at that you got a lot of, can I use the word unclarity? I don't think that's a real word, but it's a place of unclarity. Things are just unclear 
and, and, and usually the conflicts that have created that obscurity, there's some kind of challenge, there's something going on. And when you land in those places, all I'm asking you is, is like John, you're in those places, but I'm asking you to, this morning to find a place in your life that even though you're at that place of questions, that place of fear, those places of obscurity, that you can know that even though you're in it right now, that you're going through those places and, and no one thing that you're going to come out on the other side. I mean, Lord, help us. When, when you land in those places, I mean, look at different things that, you know, that we go through in life. I mean, we've been through so much over the last year and a half. But, but here's the reality. Here's the reality. Here's where John's at. You know, people, most of us look for God's approval. And we want to know that we've got the assurance of that, don't we? I mean, most of us, we think that way, whether we realize it or not. And, and one of the most popular ways that indicate God's approval in our life, and even down through the ages, is the circumstances we have right now. Stay with me. I'm just saying it. Historians call it this. They call it the principle of retribution. The principle of retribution, and, and it simply says this, that God always rewards people he approves with prosperity, and he always punishing, punishes those that he don't approve with suffering. You say that? See, I think that if we, if, we, if, we, if we really are honest and we look at it, we, we see that most of us somehow, especially that have been religious most of our days or been around the church even church life a lot but this is not just true of, of of we that have been around the church a lot a lot of people whether they even acknowledge God or not they live out of this principle that God's going to pay back according to how good you are how bad you are there's retribution to be paid and see, it, it kind of happens in more subtle ways with, with us, doesn't it? I mean, it's not that we just define it that clearly, but, but maybe we think about it this way. God must be pleased with me because I got a promotion at work. Evidently, God loves me a lot because I got a promotion. Evidently, God approves of my life because my stocks went up. Have you seen my retirement account lately? I must be doing something right because God really has placed his stamp of approval on me when I look at my retirement. Let me just bring it on down to pastors. God must really approve of us because the church is really growing. Or maybe we got to consider when it, when we talk about a principle like that of retribution, then, then maybe, maybe we realize that along with that, there's the other side because it kind of looks like things like this. God must be displeased with me because my stock, my retirement account has plummeted. Or maybe he's displeased with me because I've not had success. Maybe because I've not been successful. I'm talking to people right now all through this room. Maybe God's not pleased with me because, you know, I did, I did, you know, really I thought I should get that 
reward. I thought I should get that bonus, and I didn't get what I thought I should. So maybe, maybe I've just been disobedient. Maybe God's upset with me. Maybe God's mad. Or, or the pastor says, maybe, maybe this. Maybe God's not pleased with us because church is really struggling right now. Man, we do it all the time, don't we? I mean, whether we realize it or not, it's just kind of subtle. And, and the fact is, is there's no doubt that God's blessing can and sometimes it does come in the form of gain, in the form of financial gain, in the form of job promotions, in the form of a growing church. And, and there are, of course, times where sickness or losing a job or struggling with a life or a struggling church, it may reveal that there's been disobedience. But the problem comes when it becomes always rather than sometimes. See, that's when you know you're kind of stuck in a place when that's always a mode or that's always a mindset that if things are going bad, then must, I must, God must not love me. God must not be happy with me. When you always live by that or if you always think just because something good's going on, do you understand that the enemy can be very deceptive and he could be handing you a handful of money that is leading you down a I'm just saying there's a place that we realize. There are times that we face things in life, and the certainty is this, that there are a lot of things that we deal with in life that causes all kinds of uncertainty, all kinds of circumstances that only produce a lot. I mean, Moses dealt with it. Come on, Jacob dealt with it. Esther dealt with it. Job dealt with it. David, King David. The apostles like Paul, he dealt with it. Peter, he, all of them had places in life that they landed in. And now John the Baptist, with all of his distinction, he's there. He just is so uncertain. He don't understand. And we can probably say that, man, we've joined that band, hadn't we? The band of the uncertain. Look at somebody and just say, I'm not, I'm just not certain sometimes what's going to happen. I'm just saying that maybe over the last 18 months, I mean, come on, you know well as I do, there's plenty of uncertain to pass out. I don't, if you hadn't had enough, let me hand you a little bit this morning. Because the reality is, is we don't know if we're past it or not. We don't know if the pandemic is up. We don't even know. We don't know if the, listen, we don't know what that vaccine means. Get it if you want to. Don't get it if you don't. Don't make it a big deal because you don't really know. Some people act so silly over Facebook and everything else. I hadn't been reading it lately, but if you're on there and you're a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer, get it, do something different because you don't know any more than anybody else does. God, our whole, the whole community is supposed to be people that's supposed to know. I mean, you know what I mean. There are things that sometimes we think that, that are certain that, you know, that look very informed, that we're, you know, that we're well aware of the outcomes. We still miss it sometime, don't we? I mean, you think about it this way. Look at some of these examples and, 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 and people that have gone before us. That in, in 1895, Albert Einstein, you ever heard the name? Albert Einstein's teacher said to his father, said to Einstein's father, he said, you can do whatever you want to because it doesn't matter what he does. He's never going to amount to anything. He thought he knew. 
look at this computer scientist said this he said he said in 1949 john von neumann he said this he said it would appear in 1949 it would appear that we have reached the limits of what is possible to achieve with computer technology he was at the top of his game he knew it it says look like we have arrived we've gone as far as we can go how'd that work out i'm just saying secretary of state john foster dulles 1954 he made the statement the japanese don't make anything the people in the united states would want toshiba sony <laughs> toyota <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, he's at, I mean, he's at the top of his game. One more I'll share with you. I got, I got a ton of these, but I'm not going to try to take time with all of them. Bob McKeff, uh, again, uh, involved in technology and the Internet. Listen to this. In 1995, he said, I, pre I, predict, I predict the Internet will go spectac spectacularly supernova this is when the internet's just coming on he said i predict it'll go supernaturally supernova and in and by 1996 it will catastrophically collapse he was certain wasn't he he's at the top of his game but how'd that work out everybody in this room's internet right now at your fingertips I'm just saying that even then, when it seems like we have it all together, when it seems like we know, even when it appears to others that we appear that we are so certain, we find out that, that we're still not. I mean, we can pretend this morning, come on, we're great men and women of faith, amen. We can pretend that our confidence is unshakable. You know, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're in the room this morning, we're great men and women of God of faith, and the faith that we have is undeniable. I mean, our strength is unconquerable. We can see the great and mighty works that God may and can do in our life. But the reality is, is every one of us, regardless of how great we are, we get placed, we got dropped in the wash pot of uncertainty. We just don't know. I mean, come on, Pentecostal, charismatic believers, we're going to fake it until we make it. Everybody has uncertainty. John is at a place that you just don't know. And maybe we're in a place in our world right now as we come to the close of, again, another challenging year of uncertainty. There's so much going on around us that makes us uncertain, not only the times right now, but even our future. The times we just don't know. Here's some things that we'll throw out there maybe just in the next few weeks. I think there are ingredients that cause that uncertainty. There's certain things that, that are working that cause even that much more angst and anxiety over the uncertainties. And there real quick are this. Number one is the unknown ignorance. How many of you know there are things that you don't know that you don't know that you don't know? get my brain around that one i'm just saying there are things in my life that i don't know that i don't even know i don't know that causes a lot of uncertainty there, there's other things like these other things unrealized potential 
when there's, I, I just, I think God's going to show us when we know, listen, when we're at a place that in our lives that you know that there's more, but you're at a place of less, then that causes a lot of uncertainty. And some of that is our own doing, right? Some of that is because we know that there's more and we're doing nothing about it. But I just believe that God wants to show us that some of that is just because we know there's more. Greater is he that is in you. Look at somebody and tell them right now. There's a greater than on the inside of you. I just believe that we have to realize that some of what causes us to kind of be shaky sometime, and I'm going to bring this around completely, but I believe that we have to realize that some of the uncertainties in our life is actually something that is working greater than what we see right now. And then the last thing is this. I've already kind of touched this, but I just believe that one of the major things that happens around us that adds to our uncertainty is the unclear processes that are going on in our lives. And at one season or another, you are being processed. And in all that, I say that to say this. I want you to this morning with me, I want us to finish with this. It's 12.01. Do you know where your children are? I'm just, uh, the virtue of uncertainty. Y'all hang with me just a minute. I, I, I just believe that, that today, that in the uncertainties of our lives, I want you to see something about that that is, that is good. Is that all right? John is at a place that he has great uncertainty, and I just believe that we can even see that in his life that that, that uncertainty maybe is revealing something greater. Watch this with me. I just believe that there is that place that doubt can be dismissed. I believe that un- unbelief can be damned. And I-, and I believe this morning that we can arrive at a place that we understand that through what we're going through, and even in our uncertainties this morning, we, we realize the necessity of our faith. Follow with me real quick and just see these three things with me, and I- I'll be finished. Number one is this. I want you to see that doubt comes from established belief. Follow me now. Doubt comes from established belief. You can only doubt what you already believe. You can't doubt what you don't believe. Is that all right? For a Christian, you know, we know what we believe. And what we, what we believe, the only way that we can actually have real, genuine doubt is to have questions about what we already know that we believe. Am I making any sense? In other words, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, as a believer in God, my doubt comes when I say, is God really real? Come on, don't look at me with your halo so crooked on your horns right now. I'm just I'm just saying that you got to be honest. There are times in your life that you have, as a believer, you've wondered, is this really real? I mean, ain't it a little far-fetched? I mean, anybody ever had a doubt to kind of just slip in and say, you know, do you really believe that, you know, all this that you say that you believe? Because as a believer, see, the only way doubt can happen is for me to have something that I already believe that instigates Maybe it's clear this way. The atheist believes there is no God. And so by, nef- by definition, a doubting atheist would be someone who is questioning 
if God really does exist. You see, he says that he believes there's no God. You know his greatest fear? God exists. I heard one atheist not long back. He said, it's not that we just don't want to believe God. He said, it's not that we don't believe in God. We don't want there to be a God. He said, because if there is a God, then we've got all these. So our greatest fear for an atheist is there is a God you're going to stand before. He is going to call you into account. You are going to give account of your life. So, so in that, we realize that, that doubt is something that every one of us that we face, that we have. So, again, I want you to see the virtue of your uncertainties. Listen, doubt has to presuppose or it assumes some kind of faith. Look at your neighbor and say, I feel better already. I'm just saying that if you have doubts in life, if those doubts cause uncertainties, you may be at a good place. Second thing I want you to do is distinguish between doubt and unbelief. They are different. See, because doubt is questioning, again, it's questioning what you believe, but um, what you believe, but unbelief is a determined refusal to believe. Doubt is, is a struggle that is faced by a believer. Unbelief is a condition of an unbeliever. Paul said in Timothy, he said, uh, said it this way. He said, I acted in ignorance and unbelief. When he was going around killing Christians, now he's writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1. He said, now I realize that all of this, this blasphemous thing that I've done, I did it in my insolence and I persecuted the people of God, but God had mercy on me because I was doing it out of my ignorance and my rejection of belief. So I just believe that somehow in our lives we have to realize there may be people in this room that feel like doubt is their problem. And it may be that you have to recognize it may not be your doubt, it may be your unbelief. It may be that you've set your heels, that you've set your heels in the, in the mud and you refuse to be moved and you refuse to believe and that's a problem. But I just want you to know there is a difference in doubt and your choice to not give God a chance to help you believe. Listen, I believe there are things that God has made clear to us. And in that, if I am a believer, I have to act on it. Just see this with me real quick. If I believe, I have to believe that God sent his son. I believe that. I believe Jesus is the son of God. I choose to believe that. I choose to believe. I choose to believe that that he loved me enough, that God loved me enough that he gave his son for me. I believe that Jesus came, he was crucified, he rose from the dead, and now is ascended into heaven at the right hand of God, getting ready to get a church ready to, for a reunion day one day. But I just believe, I know that what Jesus has done. Listen, I, I believe that, and because I believe that, the only thing that I can do now is have doubts. Look, here's something else you got to believe. You got to believe, you got to know that you are more wicked than you ever thought possible. And at the same time, you are more loved than you would have ever imagined. 
<laughs> I'm talking to some people that know your capabilities. I said, you got to know that you, you got to know, you got, listen, you are more wicked than you could ever even begin to comprehend. But at the same time, you're more loved than you can ever in this world, you can ever imagine. So I'm just saying that God calls us to a place that we repent from rejecting his truth. And we turn and we choose to believe. G. Campbell Morgan said it this way. If you believe in God, you sometimes wonder why he allows certain things to happen. But keep in mind that there's a difference between doubt and unbelief. Watch. I love this. Unbelief is an act of the will. But doubt, while doubt is born out of a troubled mind and a broken heart. Anybody ever had any doubt come along? You ever been in a place where you began to doubt? You didn't know what to believe. And then the final thing is this, is you can't have faith without questions. You cannot have real faith without questions. Again, there's a place in your life that you got to know, listen, Jesus and dealing with John, we look at it and we say, well, are there times, listen, are there times that, listen, there are things that make us question. There are certain things that God has revealed that makes faith possible. But there are certain things that God has kept secret that he's kept from us that makes faith necessary. Did you hear me? There are certain things that God has shown you that makes faith possible. Faith comes by here and hearing by the word of God, right? There's certain things that God has shown you that makes faith possible, but there's certain things that God's kept from you that makes faith absolutely necessary. For scripture reference, you can write down Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says the Lord God, he has kept things, those things. He says that those things belong to the Lord our God. They, he's revealed them to us. The things that belong to the Lord, he's kept secret. But the things that belong to us, he has revealed to us as his children. Just go look it up sometime. But again, I just believe that there's everything in our life that we understand that we face times of uncertainty. Are we going to have them? More than likely. Questions, are we going to have them? As, lo as long as you're breathing, you're going to have them. Look at me. Doubts, come on and play. Doubts, doubts. Am I going to have doubts? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You're going to have them. You're going to face times and places just like John. Let's go back just for a minute. John. Here's John, the great man of God, the preparer of the way. Voice crying in the wilderness. Now he's at a place and you know what? I, I thought I was sure of this thing, but now I'm just not so sure anymore. You ever been there? Are you there this morning? Maybe you know that God has done some things in your life and maybe there's a time where you were sure, but now you knew that at one time you knew God loved you, but now you're not so sure. You ever been there? You know, if I was Jesus, you know, I'd have responded to John a little different than he did. It's kind of amazing to me how Jesus, when he responded to his disciples, I'd have treated them a little different. In my vernacular, I'd have, I'd have done it like this. Get on. Get. Get on out of here. Get out. I 
if they'd have come to me asking such silly questions after all this has been happening, I'd have run them off in a hurry. But if you go back again and read the context, Matthew 11 in the chapter 12, Jesus refers to John. He said, who did you go to see when you went to see John? He said, you went to see a, a, a reed blowing in the wind. And then in chapter 12, you see Jesus as he deals with that same thought. He said, a bruised reed, Jesus, he will not break, nor a a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Been banged or bruised along the way. He said, I won't break you down. I won't, I won't destroy you. If your passions have left and the fire's gone out and now you're just a smoldering, smoldering wick, he said, I won't snuff you out for good, but I'll come back and I'll play some oil on your life. And I'll refresh you and I'll renew you and I'll ignite that fire and that passion once again. He, I'm glad that Jesus don't deal with us like people do. Because again, where Jesus did not rebuke John, rebuke John he, he, listen, he, he knew John. Look, Jesus loved John and he understood the trial that John was having to endure. Jesus knew what he was going through, but here's the good news. He knows when you're going through what you're going through. <laughs> And you may say, well, pastor, I just don't know. I got news for you this morning. Even though you don't know, he does. And Jesus has value for your bruised life and your broken heart. And there is no way that he's going to cast you out. There's no way that he's going to turn his back on you. Because wherever you are and all of your uncertainties, you can know one thing, that he will see you through. Hallelujah. <laughs> I wonder if there's anybody in the room this morning just say, Pastor, you know what? I've had some uncertainties lately. I, I've just been uncertain about some things. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that's like me. Come on, somebody. I wonder if you get on your feet right now and just raise your hands and say, Lord, I just, I don't know sometime. I look around and I don't know. I don't understand and I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I, I, my God, 21, 20 has been bad enough. What's 22 going to bring? I don't know. I'm not real certain, but I got good news to you. And all of those places that you don't know, there's a God in heaven who does. He knows what you're facing. He knows the angst. He knows the anxiety he knows all those things that cause you to worry and he said i won't i won't crush you i won't i won't listen i won't disown you because you had some doubts he said you just tell john you just remember all the things you've seen all the things you heard you can tell him that the lame are seeing and the blind the blind are seeing and the lame are walking he, he said you can find a place in your life hallelujah that you can see the goodness of what john saw from the start just tell them the thing that you believe for is coming to pass the thing that you're part of announcing is is happening because there are times that all of us face uncertainties amen hallelujah let's be honest at times that you're just not sure but god will see you through hallelujah hallelujah Come on, just take a minute with me. Let's just worship the Lord this morning. Lord, I just don't know sometime. I, 
just not sure sometime. I'm not certain, but God, I just today, I'll, I'll take what I know. I'll take what I believe, and I, I'll believe you, Lord. I'm persuaded. I, I am persuaded. I, I am persuaded to know that you're able to keep me, and you're, you're able. Come on, somebody. Take a minute. Would you just pray for maybe the people right there in your circle? Just ask God, Lord, let, let in all of our uncertainties, let us see the virtue of those things and maybe maybe we've had doubt there's good news that my faith maybe i have questions in my life but that's just the that's the approval that's just showing me that actually i do believe that if i've got questions and that the questions have to pose something i just believe today that lord even now that my faith god there's the necessity of questions for my faith come on pray for somebody right there with you Hallelujah. Thank Kali. God of my present, God of my future, you're in my story. You hold it all together. God of my present, God of my future, you're in my story. things that are uncertain you may be uncertain about the person standing beside you you may be uncertain about your job you may be uncertain about your future come on but again you got to know there's virtue in that uncertainty there's something inside of you that knows there's something that you know that you believe listen there are times that I looked around at, as a church and there are times that I know that God has called us to affect this entire region, this part of our world, and the uttermost parts. I know that God's called us to that. But don't think for a minute that there are not times that I think, I don't know. I don't know if it can happen. I told, I told, I told him in the earlier service, I, you know, we, we've been looking at projects and expanding recently. And, and again, actually, I say recently, actually started before COVID hit. And before COVID hit, that we had this kind of estimate on you know, some of this, the, the minds that had come together, we kind of had a number in mind that what it would take to expand in this particular way. And, and uh, then I got to meet with the architect again just a few weeks ago after COVID. And what was, what was a pretty good estimate before in two years is double what it would have taken then. And I don't like this stuff, but again, even in our uncertainties, God is uh, still, there are times that it may not be certain that you have to continue to press on. John, I, you know, you may not like what you're dealing with. You may not like what you're going through, but just tell him, this is who I am. Then after service, the first service, I had a guy walk up to him and said, I don't know if, what this means. He said, but the Lord just kind of dropped in my spirit. He said, he said, God said, to double, you got a double. And I said, get out my face. 
And I'm not saying that everything that is fit, and I'm not saying that we're going to go into a project that's going to be double what it was going to. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. I'm not certain. I'm struggling a little bit. But with that, all I'm saying is this. If I know what I believe and who I believe, then I know God has said to this house that you're supposed to be a light in this region. I know that God has set it in place in this house that you're supposed to be a refuge for broken people. Man, the Hope Center, we're getting ready to open that. Man, that's a great step in it. I know that God has said this is a place where believers will connect and be strong. But I leave you with this. Here's what the Lord told me as I was getting ready to just finish and come in this service. God said this. He said, in your uncertainties, I will give you strength. And the unknowns, I'm going to give you courage. This is what the Lord told me right before. I just felt like God just dropped it in my heart. He said, just tell them in in their uncertainties, you'll be strong. And the unknowns in your life, God's going to give you courage. And he's going to deposit, watch, he's going to implant a faith in your life. If you'll open your heart to the word of God, he's going to implant a faith in your life that you know what you believe regardless of what you're going through. I don't know about you, but I got to have that. Amen. I got to have that kind of faith that worked in my life. So I'm going to finish with this. I just believe today's a day, just as I said earlier, I believe today's a day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus today, you may be uncertain in all your life, but I just want you to know this day's been your day. And God's here to right now to touch your life and let salvation begin its work in you. So if you don't know Jesus, you ask him right now, Jesus, I believe you. Jesus, I know you died for me. Jesus, I know you rose for me. Jesus, I know that you will forgive my sins. So forgive me. Give me a start. Give me salvation. Save me in Jesus' name. I know that may not be a real formal prayer, but if you prayed that, I know that God's done something in your life this morning. Yeah.